1: Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast. I'm your host this week, Lee Gillis. I'm on my own, my Canadian counterpart. It's too early for him to get out of his bed and I think more importantly he's probably excited about the Royal Funeral because we know Michael, is a staunch royalist and he's, he's deeply upset about this. Um, he's been pretty aloof on the group chat this week too and, and morning so um, we hope that today goes well for you Michael and, and you manage to pull through. I'm joined by the, the gruesome twosome, and we'll go to you first. Hello, Gordon.
0: All right. How's it going?
1: And of course, the man, the myth, and the second best in his family, Doug Penny. How are we doing, Doug?
2: Yes, I'm doing fantastic.
1: Hello, Lee. Hello, Gordon. Hello, everyone. <sighs> well, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't really know what to say about that, Um and I'll probably speak in cliches for the, the rest of the show, but that was an emotional
0: roller coaster.
1: Um I kind of feel like I've been put well and truly through the ringer. The, the first 45 minutes are arguably the first the, the worst 45 minutes of football I've witnessed at any level. And I played for the British Legion pub team for about three years, so it was pretty damn awful. It was a game of peaks and troughs, ebbs and flows, end to end. A game of two halves. There you go. There's a, a whole barrage of cliches for you. But Gordon, the fact of the matter is, there's only one stat that matters. He's five-two. Peterhead one.
0: Yeah, that's it. It was just, um, it was just all about getting the three points today. It didn't really matter. You know, end of the season doesn't matter how you play. You just got to get the points. Um, before Peterhead got that man sent off. I think we all thought we weren't going to do it. It was a terrible performance. We didn't. We didn't look like a team that needed to win. Um, but afterwards, um, they were brilliant and you know, deserve a lot of credit for going for it and doing what they need to do. Um, yeah, you know, it's hard to wipe the smile off my face. I thought we were heading for you know just a really limp end to the season disappointment. You know, I was. I was like, oh, I don't even want to watch this game on Tuesday if we get beat today. But oh, now everything's brilliant. So now that you're a podcast regular, mate, you don't get that privilege. You've got
1: to watch every game. You've got to suffer for yeah. it. If I've got to, so <laughs> Doug, let's, let's talk the first forty-five minutes. Unfortunately, we have to. Um, and as much as we would love to to glaze over it, um, I don't think that's a a fair reason sort of result of what happened today, but. On the most part, to quote yourself, "garbage." I it was
2: just—it was a really odd one. We just—I always bang on about that first sort of minute, two minutes of a game where you kind of set the tone, and we just—we just never got going. It was a weird performance, it, jaded, flat. Um, yeah, you kind of looked at the stats at half time, and we were slightly ahead in both things, and obviously Wallace's miss, which I'm sure we'll come to, was absolute. Oh, absolute shocker um, I, it was a strange one it, it almost felt like the occasion was getting the better of them And w- we were talking at half time that I couldn't think of one player who really did anything better than being pretty rubbish it was, it was a strange strange first half especially how we've been playing at home it, it made it feel like it was a, an occasion issue as opposed to anything else
1: I think, and somebody can maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but that seems to me one of the a few occasions this season that we've maybe come from behind. That the only one that's stringing from um, from the top of my head is Tranent, when Tranent went and goal up and then we came back.
0: In the league, I don't, I don't think we have. I don't, I don't, I don't think we've come and got anything after being behind in the league. So. Dumbarton, Dumbarton, maybe go a goal up against us. I think, goal. I think we scored first. They equalised, right, and then we got the one. Anyway, when, uh, when
2: that was in like 2019 or something. That, yeah, that's that's,
1: that's by, the by the by. That was so long ago that nobody can remember <laughs> when it was. But look, let's let's come to, to Ryan Wallace's mess now. For any new listeners of the show, um, it's a, a well-told tale that I have a complete man crush on Ryan Wallace and. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, it was almost ready for divorce after that. Um, and I think that you, that there's something that you sort of touched on there, Doug. That the, the occasion maybe got the better of us. Ryan Wallace, maybe t- you know, against a Clyde a couple of weeks ago, probably sticks that in the back of the net and, and we, we ease into the game and we control it a bit more. But for some reason, he's wanted to absolutely power it at home um, from the from you know seven, eight yards maybe, whereas literally he, he, he could just stroke it into any corner and we're one nil up. But yeah, Gordon, I'll come to you first. What was your, your interpretation on it? Do you think that maybe he could have got a shout that he had more time?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it did just look one of these things that, you know, he's he's just snatched it. I mean, watching it, it's one of these ones where I was thinking, all oh, right, goal, that's us, one nil up. And then, oh, for fuck's sake, like, how, how do you miss that? And it did come, I mean, I think it was only really minutes before they got the goal, was it? And yeah. um, it was kind of the end of probably our best spell in the first half. Um, and so you're kind of thinking it's that classic thing of, you know, you've been a wee bit on top, you've had a chance, you've missed it and you immediately get punished for it. But I, I think it was just a, a case of snatching at it. And it is unusual for Wallace because he's such a good finisher. Um, you know the goal, um, the goal last week against Forfar was a great example, just absolutely class. But uh, he's just, he's just completely snatched at that, and it might have been, it might have been a wee bit of pressure. Feels like a bigger game. Could have, could have been what it was. Yeah. Doug, I mean, you know, I think
1: Gordon's pretty much summed that up pretty well. So I'm, I'm going to move on to something that I don't know if you guys noticed, but set plays, and and I'm coming to you, Doug, because I know how much you love a set piece. They seem to be targeting our left-hand side. I don't know if they're maybe expecting Slattery to start, um, but it seemed to be a lot of quick free kicks and then out to attack our left-hand side constantly in both halves. Um, you know, Anytime they got a free kick, they were very keen to get it down and put it and, and attack our left-hand side. What is it about us in set pieces that we don't seem to switch onto them quick enough? Because um, there was a, there were even a couple of occasions in the second half, and I pointed out in the group chat, Wallace is at the back as like the first man in line before them taking a cross in. And you see him and he's pointing to people and then the quick free kick gets taken and, and nobody's pushing out to mark that man. Do you think that this is because of what you said about the sort of zonal marking that we go for in the box and then it doesn't leave maybe anybody spare to go and cut out maybe a quick free kick and, and Peter Heather picked up on that? Or do you think that it's just a bit of a lackadaisical approach?
2: Um I don't know if that was like a, I don't know if that was a positional thing. I thought in the first half, now normally when you've got Slattery at left back, he's normally played like a Swanson in front of him who's defensively quite you know, switched on. And I guess really who was in front of um, Higgins today was probably Wallace in many ways. And obviously he's not a defender at all. Like the one you were talking about in the second half where he pointed don't point. Just go at the guy. I mean, there was no, there was no player near Wallace. So it, you just take the responsibility and go and get him. I won. I think they've probably targeted that because there was only really that one defender that was there. It, it was. I mean, the first one especially was just complete switching off. The fact that we then did it <laughs> minutes later was was mental. But yeah, I mean, maybe it's just guys not quite in the positions they've been in all season. I don't know, but um, just. I do the basics, like if if there's someone free and you think he's a danger, just go and pick him up, because you don't, I think Wallace was in in the second half one, he was like he was in the wall, but the the, the freak kick was 50 yards out, so just abandon that and go and, you know, get the danger man, but um, we got away with it to an extent, I suppose, but um, yeah, I think ah, just a wee bit of switching off and guys in different
1: positions, I, I would say. Gordon, at times, in fact, I'm going to say for probably about the first 60-odd minutes today, we didn't seem to be second to any ball. And one thing that I seen that, that I picked up on, and I said it to my dad, who I was watching it with, was we seem to lack any real dig at times. Like, that real impetus to get the second ball, I think that there's only a handful of players that we've got in our team that really show that on a regular basis. Ryan Ballis being one. Constantly came to get in for the second ball. Maybe somebody like a Chris Higgins. But our midfield seemed very powder puff at times. Like, you know, at the time when you... Right, right, we actually need you to stick the boot in here and, and get the ball up the park. It was a bit a hesitancy. And then, you know, that hesitancy again led to
0: another goal. Yeah, aye. Uh, that's exactly what I was thinking at times of the first half. I mean, it's, it's sometimes difficult to put your finger on, but you just... You feel like Peterhead... You know, they were just, they had more dig. They were livelier. You know, we we did feel, a, we did look a little bit kind of, you know, a wee bit more kind of relaxed or whatever. You know, there was a lot of balls actually where, you know, it was actually coming through the midfield. They were actually kind of passing through the midfield or like you say, getting a second ball and then kind of breaking from the midfield. Um, I think it got better as the game went on, but certainly first half, you know, the, the three in midfield, Agnew, Swanson and Davidson, aye, it felt like, you know, there were a lot kind of lower energy than Peter Head And Peter Head quite good at that. I mean, the guy Brown is exactly what you want for that. He's a kind of, he's just, he's a player with a lot of dig. He just kind of fights for things. Um, there's a lot of energy in there. And they definitely won, Peter Head definitely won that kind of midfield battle in the first half, no doubt about it.
1: Statistically, we actually had the better of the, the game in the first half, I believe, um, from what i read. I'm sure that we had more shots and slightly more possession and stuff, but we didn't really seem to do anything. And like the long ball thing, I don't know about you guys, but I, I seem to be battering my head across a sort of brick wall by saying this every week. We don't have an awful lot of height up front, Right. We've not got somebody that's going to win a lot of headers. And then not only that, but we don't have anybody that even if Kevin Smith knocks a header on, Ryan Moss isn't exactly lightning quick that he's going to take advantage of players with his pace. So it begs the question, why do we do it? And why are we such a long ball team? I think, yeah, I don't know. To be totally honest. Um, I think you can
2: see that because, look, However bad they've been at times this season, Agnew and um, Swanson both, you you can see them when they have a, have had enough of that, that they they literally, they were switching it about, coming to pick it off the back four. is it? But then I think something's problem, and you had it with both of them in the first half, was they then did the Hollywood ball, and Agnew can be very bad for that. But then that maybe goes with just a lack of options in front of them. You know, we've talked about that there is that, tendency just to go long, and it's, it's bizarre. As you say, we we don't have a target man, so it just defeats the purpose, and especially in general in this division, you've, you've normally got two big beasts of centre half who are just going to mop that up all day. Um, just going back to the, the midfield thing from before, it's a strange one because the guy, Brown, just he's, he's a good player, a really good player in the middle of the park, and he just seemed to dictate it. And it was almost like yeah, Agnew and Swansum were switching who was coming deep, and I thought Swanson was our probably was our best player in the first half, but not an area you want him in. And you saw that big difference in the second half. But it almost felt like you almost needed that two enforcers just to get stuck in in the middle. But it was it was such a bizarre game today, it really was. I can't put my finger on what, like whether we even deserved that at all. It was just a strange game.
1: Uh, like I'm not one for for digging out a player, generally I'm not, Um, Ross Davidson. I lost count, and I've lost count this season, how many times he's given the ball away. And from that, there's either been a chance created or whatever. And, you know, I I know that you you two guys in particular are are big Ross Davidson fans, and there's a lot of the, the listeners will be screaming at me for saying this, particularly how well he's played for us in the past, but I've not seen it. Um, and probably probably since we came back um, and, and to be honest I'm, I'm going to make a call here not really all season I think he's he's missed he's missing what he's good at and it is giving us that bit of dig you know that sort of Roy Keane slash Claude McAlealy role where you know he just breaks up play a little bit dirty gets the ball gives it to somebody that can pass it and he's not doing that for us and I'm going
0: to ask you both point blank would you start him on Tuesday? That's a tough one. Um, I, I agree with you, and I think if you look at, say, last season or since he's came to the club, that's been the kind of role he's had, and I think he's been very good at it. Um, he's, I think, his use of the ball. Generally, when you look at our midfielders, his use of the ball is the poorest. We've got, we've got guys who are good passers and they're good footballers, and Ross Davidson is very hit or miss. You know, it will sometimes come off for him. Too often, it doesn't. And I think too often he kind of maybe really tries a fancy pass or a long ball, and sometimes it ends up you know really not working. Today he was poor, and there was a couple of really simple passes that he missed. There was one in particular, I think it was in the first half, and he really put us in danger. I think he's his form has been poorer this season. I'm not sure. I'm I'm still not sure about taking him out. Um I think sometimes with Davidson. You know, what we've noticed is when he's been missing, I always think back to that Rovers game. Can't mind if it was last season or the season before. He got suspended for it, and we got completely overrun in the midfield. Um, but we're playing a different system now. Could someone like Newton or McKinnon come in? Yeah. Um, I don't think I'd have a strong feeling for whether Davidson should play or whether someone else should come in. Doug?
2: I I think he's got to play on. I just don't think. Do we think we're going to be the sort of dominant team on Tuesday? I'm not convinced we will be. So does that answer
1: your question? Yeah. Okay. In that
2: case, in that case, I think he has to play. I actually, I agree. I'm a big fan of him. I think he's very underrated, but I don't think he's had a good season. I'll, I'll agree with that. I wonder if there's a slight correlation between Agnew not having a good season at the same time where Davidson's job really is to, I think when we were playing well, is to win the ball, give it to Agnew and let him do what he does. And the fact that he's not been doing what he does in the main, it's put a bit more pressure on Davidson to actually do something with the ball. Um, I'm trying to think when he was playing at his best, did we have two holding midfielders playing at the same time? I'm trying to
0: like back to that Rovers kind of season. I think it was, to me, it was like, it was, we were playing four four two with Davidson and Agnew in the middle and, so much of that I thought we played really well for a period there and so much of that is dependent on those two that's it if those two are on their game that system works yeah. I mean I, I actually,
2: actually thought and I wrote it down see after we got uh, Watson sent off the last 10 minutes he made two or three really good tackles in mid- just to break it up in that midfield which is kind of what he's good at yeah he's not had a great season I don't think any of our midfield have had a very good season to be totally honest no. um, and that again Probably goes back to the wee lumpet stuff we were talking about. Probably just bypass
1: the midfield. You'll notice yeah. it more. What's that? Yep, yeah, you're absolutely right. You're probably bang on with that. Is that the long balls, and the the player that's criminal for a long ball is Craig Watson. I mean, how many times it's just look up, punt, hands in the air because nobody's gone for it. Well, we're not really playing with wingers for a start. Eh? We seem to be changing information a lot, so you can't really punt it out to the wing. You know what I mean? We're, we're probably trying to be better to keep it. And when we actually had the extra man today, we were excellent on the ball. We're we're putting it out wide. Players were coming in short for the passes. We were then able to make passes into channels, and then we were getting corner after corner after corner after corner. After corner. And it just shows when we play football, we are a very good side. Thought, like you know, the game against Patrick Thistle, the game against Greenham Morton. When we get the ball down, we're a great side to watch. When we try this hoof ball, it's absolutely garbage again. Doug, I, I I think for me, Lee, it's
2: we're such a confidence team. Like the part game, we came out of the traps, and the, you can you can just see the sort of chest getting puffed out, and the guys that want to get on the ball get on the ball and do their thing, and it's it's good play. I mean, the sending off from Peterhead today, I reckon was the first like genuinely good footballing move that we put together. It was a great we one two yeah. on the edge and, and, you know, Wallace did very well and the boy took him out obviously, but that was the first time we really got the ball down and, and just it's taking a bit of control, a bit of responsibility and saying, right, come on, we're, you know, we're so much better than this. And then, yeah, you just had that 10 minute period where we won the game and, it, it was. I think that was the problem because we've been so spoiled at home this season. It was just baffling for sixty minutes that we just. I. Uh, I mean, I'll never. I mean, I'm a. I'm a fat centre half by trade. So I, you know the the punt it thing. If you're under pressure, I have no problem with it whatsoever. But it's the it's the plenty of time and instead of just playing the simple ball out to the fullback and even if he gets it passed back, it's it's just too easy just to punt it, and it's not. Aye, it's not great, but no, as I say, I think we're a confidence team and if we start off poorly, we struggle to get back in the games
1: Yep, let's move on to the second half, thank God um, and by the way, we're just going to have to say his name We didn't get a chance today, but Fenton! oh Jesus Christ, because he didn't get on and I refuse to let a show now go by without that, so again, opening sort of 15 minutes didn't look like there was anything coming but I don't know about you guys I always felt we were going to get something out of the game today, be it a draw or a win. Um, And I know that you guys have said otherwise, but I don't know. With the amount of chances we were getting, finally one of them had to come. And a trademark Danny Denham header was what got us back in the game. Um, This guy, honestly, since we rinsed him for scoring his header, uh, has come back with an absolute vengeance. And, I mean, he's meant to be up there with one of our top goal scorers this season now. And look, this is no slight on Danny. I thought he was anonymous until his goal, really. He didn't really do much for it. Um, but again, took his header very well, Gordon.
0: Yeah, that's it. Um anyway, he, has, he has scored an, really an incredible number of goals since the... Well, it's not just even the restart, but probably the few games before the restart as well. Um, I thought, aye, the first 15 minutes of the second half, first 15, 20 minutes... Uh, I was trying to take wee notes and I've got almost nothing written. Um, and it just felt like a complete sort of continuation of the first half. You know, you, you want... After that first half, you want them to kind of come out a bit in the second half. You know, you want maybe something to change or you know, we kick up the arse or something like that. And it felt like it, it was just a continuation. And I, I felt like we were having chances. And, you know, if you look back at it, their keeper made quite a few good saves. I mean, some yeah. of them were... Maybe a wee bit showy, um, and they were maybe uh, they looked a bit more spectacular than they needed to. But he was still making good saves, so we were making chances. And the se- the sending off seemed to completely change it, and I, it was exactly what I thought—it's a confidence thing. Because you think you see it so many times: a team gets a man sent off, and they don't crumble. Often, it's kind of harder to play against them because they just completely close up they, you know they take a striker off and they close up but we were fantastic as soon as that guy went off we were fantastic and you think we could have done that we could have done that from the start there's no um, you know Peter Head are not hobbled by going down to 10 men um, aye, and we, got, we got the goal very quickly um, good Just corner
1: was it not a penalty? Like, it looked to me and I'll need to see it again but it looked a, it looked a penalty to me and uh, for the sending off, obviously the the refs giving it just outside the box. Um, but looked at looked inside the box
0: to me, I couldn't tell to be honest. Um, I, I thought it was I thought it was a penalty to start with.
2: I don't think there was many. I didn't notice the players really complaining about it too much, which is normally a bit of a, a telltale. But um, yeah, no, it certainly was very close. Yeah, I, I, I think Daniel said in commentary. East Fife might have rather that foul happened a couple of yards further on and the man stayed on at the time. I'm like, yeah, because that probably would have got you a goal uh, from the penalty. But uh, yeah, uh, no, I, th- I, think
1: it probably, I think the ref was probably right. He was kind of on the spot, I think, as well, to be fair. Yeah. Speaking of Daniel, before I forget, the Brett Long mistake towards the end, <laughs> I was dangerously close to being expletively than that. Uh, yeah. All I could get in my head was, what's the goalie doing, Tom? But I think Daniel wanted to say something A lot, lot worse than
0: that I really (laughs) wanted him to I really wanted him just to say it But he he caught himself in time
1: Because he he did
2: say Tom Who's
0: Tom? I'm sure it was
1: Rangers I'm sure it was on Rangers TV And he said What's a goalie doing Tom? I'll stick it in the group chat It was on YouTube Uh, I think that's what he's uh, he's tried to quote Um, But yeah, it was a a, a scary moment for that one But look, like I was saying to to Gordon there Slight sidetrack, Danny Denham Trademark header, brings it back to 1-1 And as soon as that went in Again, group chat, we're going to win this I I just, you've seen it, you know Like you're saying there And there's one player that I want to call out That I I personally feel was a catalyst of the change of the game Was Danny Swanson So I kind of felt that he just went game, scruff, neck, grab, and that changed it for us. Some of the passing, the, the, the breaking up the play, picking up the ball, um, I thought he was excellent today. And personally, my man in the match, I think Stephen uh, Mill called it out as well before he got taken off. Um, he, he was really, really important to that performance today. What do you think about that, Doug?
2: Uh- Uh, Absolutely. I mean, the biggest difference between the first half and from when they got the man sent off was that, I don't know whether, I'm assuming it was young, basically got Swanson to play that number 10 and just sit and and it made such a difference because like you said, you know, halftime, you know, Swanson's probably been the best player and he wasn't great, but yeah, he probably was just, but he was picking the ball up way too deep and doing fairly simple stuff which was you know which is fine but that's where you need a guy like him is to sit in a place where he can dictate the play and actually play that killer ball as opposed to the ball to someone else to do that. And he he was that 15 minute spell everything centered around him. Uh, He was yeah I I I cannot think there would be many people
1: would have him not as their three points today. Gordon is it the tactics with Darren Young that's nullifying what could be an amazing Danny Swanson in terms of the position that he's been played in, or do you feel that Danny's having to come too deep to get the ball because the ball's bypassing him all the time because we're launching it out of the
0: park? It's probably a bit of both. I mean, we're playing this, I mean, I assume we're still playing this kind of 4 5 1 without the ball, 4 3 3 with it. Um, so Swanson's playing in the midfield three and I suppose if you're playing if you're playing in the midfield three, it's quite difficult to say to somebody, kind of go and play that number ten sort of thing. You know, you you don't have responsibility further back or in the middle. You you probably to get the best out of Swanson, you probably don't want to give him that responsibility. But to fit him in to the midfield three, it, it kind of has to. You can't. Um, it's difficult unless you're completely sort of dominating a game. Um, I think it's it's quite difficult to to give them that freedom within that role. I mean, you could play them further up. You know, you could play them. Presumably, you could. You know, you could play something like Wallace Smith and Swanson up front and give them a bit more of a free role, but then you lose your Danny Denham goals. So, um, <laughs> but I mean, if you're if you're an opposition player, like if you're if you're Airdrie, you're an Airdrie fan watching it on Tuesday would you rather that Danny Swanson was spending most of his time in his own half or your half? Um, If you see Danny Swanson sitting in front of the back four, playing simple balls, uh, being a defensive midfielder, that's a sigh of relief to me. If you see him coming forward and spending all his time in your half, I think you don't want to see that as an opposition. So, however, However we do it, we've got to figure out a way to get him more in the role where we... You know, where that's, that's what we get out of him. We don't want him playing the Ross Davidson role and we don't no. want Ross Davidson playing the Danny Swanson role. I,
2: a- I think there's a, for me, there's a bit of, it's almost like a bit of trust from the manager where in the first half he's saying to Agnew and Swanson, the guys who've got, you know, so many games under their belt at, at, at a decent level also Agnew's 500th game and it was the other day it was, it was quite an impressive feat so congratulations on that. Um, it's almost like he's just saying right boys you know you know how to dictate a game of football between yourselves work out you know where you, if one's sitting one's going and swapping over and, and just trust them to do that and I think maybe at half time he said right this isn't it's not quite working today I want Swanson in the hole and Agnew further back but um, yeah yeah you need it's taken him a while to get going. Injuries haven't helped we've talked about it before. And I think the last few games, when he's been playing in that position, and again, it doesn't matter how many games you've played, it's a confidence thing. You, you, you know, Once he starts making things happen, he's growing. Like you can just see him, his confidence rising, and he it's almost like he's remembering how good he is. And especially at that level, how he can really boss it in there. So I, I think it was probably just aye, a little bit of trust from the manager in the first half and it didn't really work. And they switched that about a wee bit. It's kind of like the Gerard Lampard conundrum of the. Uh, That's a big comparison, Natalie. Thank, thank, thank you. And Danny Denham is our Beckham. Um, quickly on Danny Denham, you, you can't drop him. And, and do you know what? For large periods of that game, he, he was pretty guff, but along with everyone else, but. He's just got this weird ability to pop up with a goal, and you know, a good head. I mean, it's a great header for really good. It's header. a brilliant header. Um, I mean, you couldn't have got that more in the side net if you tried. And the way the keeper was going, it needed to be. It really did. But
1: yeah, he's a, he's a he's an enigma. That's a great word. Yep. And again, you know, he did take his header um, pretty well there. That's Danny Denham, if this is up to date just now. Danny Denham's fifth goal of the season. So it takes him up to second behind Ryan Wallace. Um, and then this is how it goes. So um, Jack Hamilton was on nine. Wallace is on six. We've got Kevin Smith on four. Danny Denham on five. And then Austin, Newton and Dunlop and all our other players on a smatter in a one. So we are going to be, hopefully, in the top five. If the way that if the results score we on Tuesday, which I'm I'm fairly confident that we could hopefully make that happen now, I am concerned about our missed opportunities, but let's talk about an opportunity that wasn't missed by Scott Scott Agnew. Now, I'm not convinced it was a shot, um, and I'd love to hear Scott Agnew's take on it whether he's going to claim it or not. When it went in, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I went absolutely mental. But see, when I sat down and digested it, I actually really felt for their keeper, who is outstanding today, um, to, to concede a goal like that, considering some of the saves he made, probably sticks in the craw a bit, but obviously, as he's Fife fans, we're not really caring, Doug.
2: Yeah, look, it was... Uh, it's it's a very, very clever ball in by a very clever footballer. It's, it's not a shot for me. It's like those... It's like those free kicks you see guys taking from sort of... Diagonally out wide, if you like, and they and they whip it in, and the intention is to make sure it's on target for the sort of far corner, and all the players got to try and head it, right, and if they all miss it, you know, quite often that's where it ends up. Um, yeah, I would be very surprised if he it says it, it was a shot because it wasn't exactly powerful, um, but it was clever. I mean, that, that's it's in a good area. If it, all it needed was a wee flick for it to go in anyway, so it was. Um, who ca- who cares? <laughs> Honestly, who cares? I. <laughs> I, I'm with I'm with you. I uh, I might need to knock on my next one neighbor's door and apologise. I'm just sitting here moaning. It's such a weird thing, sitting on my own, and I went absolutely mental when we scored that goal. Loving it. Loving it. This Do you know what? This is the first game in this sort of lockdown thing where we can't go, where I've actually felt a pre-game nerves and I've I've been watching it kind of like I was there. It was it was quite weird normally. To know it's hard to get as up for it But I was totally up for today And so confident as well Which was ridiculous um, But yeah no, it, There's that
1: feeling of going mental so It's lovely I yeah. missed it You know There's a lot of times today That my dad was sitting Saying to me This is not going to happen But you know We're going to bottle it We're, you know, we're, we're going to feel here Blah 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 And you know I'm nodding along But I'm like I still feel we're going to get something out of this And then you know, Agnew comes out with one of my, my favourite things in a cross come shot um, and goes straight in the net, 2 1 up. Then, after that, Craig Watson with a complete heads gone moment. And, you know, I really don't want to, to dig him out because I think that he's, he's probably a contender, a player of the year for us. Um, I think he's been excellent, but that was stupid. It was a needless fill and a needless area. You know, we were defending really, really well. And then it ended up the last sort of five six minutes were were fairly nervy. Gordon, if, if you're Darren Young, you, you must be batting your head off a brick wall when when Watson does that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it felt like I felt like we were cruising to the wind. He gets sent off, and suddenly, you know, that shift in momentum that we got when they got a man sent off. Suddenly, you know, you give them the opportunity to to kind of get that lift and get back into it. Like you say, there's no need for it. Um, you know, he got a yellow card very early on. And I thought there was there was a challenge in the first half where I thought he could have picked up another yellow very, very quickly after it. Um and I just, you know, at that point I was like, what are you doing? I mean that you know there's 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 no need for it. He wasn't acting like he was on a yellow. <laughs> so for that point I did feel like you know there was a red card in him. Um and I don't know what it was. I mean we seemed to have at the start of the season we had a lot of that. Just players losing the head completely, and um, getting sent off. We seem to've cut that out a lot. But you know, that was a bit of a return. Um and we're lucky that it didn't bite us in the arse. But oh aye, ridiculous. I'd you know, I'd be having a go at them over that. What about you? And in fact,
1: before we move on to that, you, you say about the cards. I seem to think that we've got more cards than Clinton's. Every, every time I'm watching this, and watching us, you know, you've got players that are stick on for a booking pretty much every week. You know, and Dunsmore just has to tie his laces at the side of the pitch, and he gets a yellow card. We've we've had a few players pick up bookings, and I'd actually be interested to know if there's any statos out there. How many bookings and red cards we've had this season? Um, another stat I'd like to know if somebody could tell me is how many penalties we've given away. I want to actually say, is that two weeks in a row with a penalty? Not against Farfar, and not today. There's probably no yeah, I, I
2: think that's quite a dangerous thing to bring up before Tuesday. Um, I, I think we, yeah, we do pick up quite a few bookings. I don't have a huge problem as long as you don't, it's not bookings like that today. I mean, that, that was lunacy from, from Watson, who, as you say, has been very, very good very good this season. Yeah, I guess we've got... Are they hard men at the back? I mean, have we got... Murdoch's quite hard guy. I can imagine, you know, I could see him picking up a few. Higgins, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it was a hard a guy. guy. <laughs> it's a challenge. Also, the, the one positive I would say when we did get the man sent off, I don't remember them having a chance between then and the end of the game, really. I thought we saw out pretty well.
1: No, um, they did have a shot maybe I think about 89 90 minutes and the guy glanced at his header it. it looked like it, it, it went maybe just wide. Um, but yeah. not any not any blatant Ryan Wallace you know five yards out bet your money and your mortgage on him sticking that away sort of chance. Cuz but- it was it was such
2: an odd game. Like that was a really weird game. To I can't quite get my head around it. It might take a few days to actually work out what because I don't remember Brett long overly doing anything but yet no. yeah when we went, when we did go ahead like I still can't think that we deserved that win but statistically we absolutely did and the chances we had we absolutely it just ah, it was a weird one I think because I was expecting
1: such a better performance like a really dominating performance I would say that was a Mourinho team performance today um, where you, you're sort of not really very good, but you grind out a win. And I'll be honest with you, I did think that we we're the better team, both halves. Um, I just think that we are very... We, we lack killer instinct. We lack composure, is probably the big part, where when we need a win, the asses generally fall out of us. If we look back to Dumbarton a few weeks ago, or um, Partek, Morton... You know, Generally, we do have a bit of soggy-bottom syndrome, but we've seen it out today. We're in the top five as it stands, um, and it's going to take Montrose to go to Cove and get a win against the Cove side that are now pushing for the league. Are we quietly slash loudly confident going into Tuesday that, we, that we're there?
0: I think it's a really important thing is that even if we fuck it up, we've still got that that bit of safety net with Montrose. Aye, like you say, they need they need to beat Cove. Um if you I think Sphinx do you just play it a 0 nil draw? Well I mean there's so there's the top five but then I sort of have to keep reminding myself well there's the playoff to fi- you know you could finish fifth and what's the point in that so I I, I don't I I wouldn't think so because I think you and if we and if we can go to Airdrie and win on Tuesday, for example, we will look stick-ons for the playoff place. Um, and I think that's the way we've got to think about it. Um, you know, in terms of like we were talking about bottle and stuff like that. Like after the Dumbarton game, um, I was talking to my dad about it, and I was like, "We we need to win the next two. We need to win away at Forfar. We need to beat Peterhead." And to be fair to them, um, they've gone and done it. And you know, I know they're below us in the league, but it's still it's still a big thing to go and get two wins when remember we're not playing that well and you know had the snow and stuff like that. Um, so I think I think the last couple of weeks they've they've really they've dug in and they've managed to do it. Which you know we were talking about bottle and attitude and I think that's a big positive. I think you have got to credit them for that. I think that's spot on, Gordon. That that's
2: the word. It's digging in. I mean. I thought we were, to be fair, we were good against Farford, but when the weather turned and it became a bit of a lottery, we, we dug in, absolutely. And today, like we've been saying, it wasn't great and we've dug in and got the, got the win, so fair play to them. I, I sent you guys the, the split fixtures. Fourth over fifth is massive in terms of you play Saturday, Tuesday, and then you have the Thursday off if you're fourth, and then Saturday, Tuesday. That for me is humongous. That's massive because that, you know, doing that crazy week again, when we've just on the back of really doing them, it's, it's huge. I mean, financially for the club, fourth, uh, top half is absolutely massive because I can guarantee you if we're in the bottom half and you've got point, what will be pointless games against Clyde, etc. cetera, the viewing on the streams will be absolutely minute. Whereas you get like a, I don't know what the fixtures would be, but either one of Partick or Falkirk at home
0: and yeah. what will be a massive game for them. Could be, a, could be a title decider.
2: They will buy thousands, Gordon. I'm not talking hundreds. They will buy thousands of them. It's honestly, Tuesday night. I mean, I think if we lose, we're, we're, we're in. But despite of that, it's, A humongously massive night for East 5. It really is. Can't be underestimated.
1: Not only that, an excellent point, by the way. Probably the point of the day. I think you've you've nailed that. Well done. Take your time. Celebrate. Thank you. I think in terms of mentally, it's more important than anything else. Mentality. Going into that um, split against a team that are probably going to be there or thereabouts with us, is massive and it will show a huge statement intent if we beat them. I don't fear, personally, any of the top five. None of the the, (laughs) the other four teams if we get there. Falkirk, beat them. Cove, I didn't fancy them when they they came down to Bayview. They they played better when we played them up north. Plastic Whistle, again, um, snitched snitched a, a win from us. Cuffed us in the first game, but again, I, I think we just didn't turn up that day. And every when we played them at Bayview, we were a shower, an absolute shower. So look, I mean, let's go to the league, and then we'll do our three 2 ones. So for any of our listeners that are maybe not um, very tech heavy or or don't know where to check the league, or if you're waiting on the getting the paper boy coming around to see the the league in the morning tomorrow. We'll break it down for you. So we've got Falkirk at the top, 17 played, 12 goal difference and 31 points. You've then got Cove Rangers, um, 17 played, um, 11 goal difference on 31 points. That was a massive win for for Cove Rangers today, 2-0. You've then got Plastic Whistle, their third, 17 games played, 15 goal difference and 30 points. Then you've got the Methyl Milan, 17 points, 0 goal difference on 27 points. And then Airdrie 17 with 5 goal difference, 26. Montrose, the Gable End days, 17 points, 0 goals, and uh, 24 um, goal difference, and everything else is irrelevant. So, going into this game, Montrose need to either smash Cove at a counter, which I just can't see happening, because Cove will probably very much do what they did against us and shut up shop and po- probably try and play them on the counter because. Montrose have to win that probably more than what Cove do in my humble opinion but I think each each team that are going for that top five have to win 100% statement intent so for again those that don't know the fixtures for next week so Tuesday night is going to be a really really big night probably the biggest night of the season and um, or probably the biggest night uh, if you're an East 5 fan for a number a number of years for where it could end up for us. So the fixtures that we've got coming up, obviously us away to Airdrie, we've got Dumbarton to Partick Thistle, sorry, Dumbarton are at home to Partick Thistle, Forthard and Clyde, nothing game, Montrose and Cove and Peterhead and Falkirk. So a lot of big games. Part of me is very tempted to pay for the Montrose-Cove stream and run it alongside... Um, and, and watch them both because I think that it'll be very, very interesting to see. Um, Must be a manager's
2: think... salary, Gordon. Must be a manager's salary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, not quite.
0: Just, just buy all of them. You're five screens five up.
1: <laughs> no, that's what I spend all the, the sponsorship money on. Just kidding, just kidding. It'll go to the club. Um, so, a little bit nervous going into Tuesday, but I think that it, even a draw is a good result coming away from that um, and yeah we'll, we'll see how it goes but let's round off the the game today with our
0: 3-2-1s Gordon uh, 3 points Danny Swanson we've already talked about him. Um, probably best of a bad bunch in the first half really good in the second and um, it's just really nice to see him come on a game we talked about him a lot at the start but he's obviously fit now he's ready to go and he's playing well I struggled after that, to be honest. I think some players kind of had spells when they were all right, some when they weren't. But I gave two points to Stuart Murdoch. He was pretty solid. Don't think he really made any mistakes, but just pretty solid down that side. And I gave the one to Chris Higgins because I thought he just had another pretty solid game. Chris, seven out of ten. Higgins strikes again. Doug, do you just want to say now that
1: you've copied your little uh, thing? I'm- I have not. I'm almost sad to say that, Gordon. <laughs>
2: our, uh, our bromance of the 3-2-1 is coming to a crashing halt. Um, I, three points to Swanson, that's a certainty. I just sort of looked at the team there and couldn't really think of anyone. So, I'm going to go two points to Scott Agnew. And I'm going to say, mainly for the goal, do you know what I like about Agnew? He's not playing well and hasn't been for a while. He does not shy away. He still comes and gets the ball. He still tries to do what he does. And I absolutely love that about him. Um, but play a bit better. Uh, one point I'm going to give to Danny, the Salmon, Denholm. Fantastic header on the back of a, again, to use the sort of French, English term, average performance. Um, so I'm going to get, yeah. And it was, it was, it may well be the most important
1: goal of the season. Great shout! Um, I'm gonna sort of hybrid a couple of them. Um, like we all know, Danny Swanson three points, man of the match by a country mile, and sponsored by Glory Days of Gold, man of the match. That's a very very good point actually, and hopefully on the. East 5 social media I've not had a chance To check it yet Our name's blazing in glory On that feed Because he's not scored Enough bloody goals To to see it up there enough But yeah Three points to Danny Swanson Absolutely excellent First name in the team sheet For Tuesday for me Like you I have very much Struggled um, After that But I've gone for Two points For Scott Agnew Who Just seemed For me In the second half Really That he just went right, if this, I'm going to change this game and between him and Swanson, I thought they really did. And then one point for, for Stuart Murdoch, um, sorry Danny, um, but again, a very, very good player. Um, a very, very good player. And again, probably one of our shining stars of this season brings me on to the Tuesday night. I stuck a little Twitter poll um, out and we are going to do a live watch along of the game on Tuesday, which I think could be very expletive laden and we'll apologise in advance for that. It's one of Michael's babies We're going to let him lead it Hopefully he'll bother his ass to turn up for this one Um, But yeah, we're going to do a live watch-along Obviously we'll be watching the goals as they come in Think of us as your Soccer Tuesday Instead of Soccer Saturday Um, I'm going to be a bit like Jeff Stelling with less hair Um, But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes down And um, we'll send out the details in due course For how that happens The game on Tuesday I'm going to come to you, Gordon How do you pick your 11 for that? especially with the Watson sending off, because do you bring in Slattery um, to, to stick him in at left-back, but then he's going to be up against the boy Robert um, and also somebody like Craig Thompson, who's a decent wee player. You've then got the do you go to bring in Fintan or do you keep Higgins at left-back and then potentially put Stuart Murdoch in the centre-back position and have Dunsey on the right?
0: To me... So keeping Higgins at left back, moving Murdoch into the middle, and you know going Dunsmore on the right, it's moving about a bit too much. And you know Mur- Murdoch's been brilliant at right back. Keep him there. To me, quite simple. You bring you bring Pat Slattery in to play left back, um, and you put Higgins back into the centre with Dunlop. Um, you know Slattery has struggled. You know notably up against like you know Joe Cardell. But, you know, he's a solid player. Most most games at left back, he's been decent. He's been good. Um, you know, against Airdre in the first game, I'm sure he played left back there and just sailed through it without breaking sweat. So that's what I do. He's the most experienced player. It's uh you know, one thing you get for Slattery is you get a hundred percent from him. He's a he's probably a very sort of steady character. Please yeah, he's a you know, and he's played a lot of games. He's an experienced player. He's probably someone you you, you trust. Um, so I put him in there easily. Yeah. Doug, same thoughts. You're nodding
1: along there like Winston the the dog. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, I I cannot disagree.
2: I think you've got to lean on experience these things. I I think Fenton, Jesus Christ, has done well when he's come in. This is a massive, massive game. And I think you've got to lean on experience. And I actually think in many ways, Pat deserves to be playing in this game. I think his 200 plus games for us says that. Um, yeah, I, I don't think would are that great. I'm, I'm, I mean, even the whole Tam Rab thing. I'm not convinced Tam Rab's even that good, is he? Uh, he certainly wasn't at Bayview. Um, Again, that's probably the wrong thing to say before the game. So I apologise if he scores a hat trick.
1: Time ran hat trick,
2: can I? No, <laughs> uh, um, nah, I think that's exactly it. Higgins comes in the middle, Murdoch at, at uh, right back, and, and Pat in at left. And then probably it's not a million miles away from what it is ahead of that than it was today. I don't know whether we watch short up the midfield a little bit, but we're not paid to make that decision. Um, in Dan Young, we trust and we'll go to Tuesday with a bit of hopes. What's your thoughts on that, Lee?
1: I, I'm going to agree. Um, I think that that Pat has got to start. If, by the way, if I'm Craig Watson, I'm worried um, with that red card because he was kept out of the team by a Dunlop um chris Higgins partnership for the vast majority of last season. And they, by the way, they were the, the two choice centre-backs at the start of this season, if I could remember that far back as well. You know, they two play really well. Wasn't struggles to get back in the team. You just have to look at what's happened with Aaron Dunsmore and you know he fell at the team and he struggled to fight his way back in. So yeah, you know you get silly bookings and red cards and vote conservative, and these sort of things happen. Uh, also, I say that out like My apologies, um, but yeah. Apart from that, my, my only conundrum is the is the Ross Davidson one, and. Uh, the, the person I actually really feel sorry out of all of this is Cole McKinnon because I don't think that since he's played he's, he's, he's not had a bad game and he's got that bit of dig and he's also got the for his age by the way a lot of composure a lot of composure in terms of he'll pick up the ball and he'll find a pass I'm going to go bold and say I would like to see McKinnon start um, on Tuesday over Davidson, personal preference. But if Davidson starts, it's not going to like ruin my night or anything like that. If, if, if he starts and has a good game, I'll be the first person to congratulate him. But I would probably rather see McKinnon start um alongside Swanson and Agnew and Swanson in a number 10 role behind maybe Wallace and Smith because if you're a Ryan Wallace you want someone like Danny Swanson behind you wait, um, to, to feed you the, the passes and stuff because the guy's intelligence, I actually feel sorry for him the amount of times he makes a pass that doesn't get picked up, that makes him look crap because the other players around him don't have the intelligence that he's used to. I, I felt sorry for him a number of times with that, whereas you know, he'll, he'll be facing the ball and he'll just like push it out to his left and all of our players have stopped because he thinks he's going to take a shot and he's going to pass it out to his right. So, yeah, I would love to see um, Swanson played a little bit further up. And before we finish, I want to say I resumed and get it up to you to, um, to Simon Ferry obviously with your inferior podcast and your inferior team, obviously a two on defeat for you today as well. Um, always looking aside, this podcast is very, very good. Um, but I actually was praying that he missed an open goal today for the easy pun, but unfortunately we have to, to move on from that. But yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic about Tuesday. Um, and I use the word cautiously as strenuously as I possibly can. I think that the big—I mean—we're lucky that, that Montrose aren't away to a team like Forfar, who you would just expect them to turn over five, six nil, and that be curtains for us. Um, but realistically, do I see Montrose going up to Cove and getting any more than a point. No. Are they? Are they definitely away to Cove? I they're, they're home. They're they're home, at home Cove. Sorry, yeah. even at home. Sorry, my apologies. Um, uh, Shall we do? Shall we do
2: predictions for Tuesday, Lee? I know that's quite difficult, but for which game? <laughs>
1: Our game. The only like, one that matters. Well, um, I don't know about that. <laughs> Maybe it doesn't matter a wee bit, but I am going to say nil-nil. A, a pre-rehearsed nil-nil? Uh, I would take it. It's <laughs> it,
2: it, it absolutely got that World Cup final game in a group thing where both teams just go, well, we just, remember Rangers played Stuart and Grant. And I think it was the Champions League. League, And they literally just played out a draw. It was embarrassing. Um, I I don't think it will be because, as I said before, I think that fourth place is massive. So I I think there'll be, I I will put a score down because nobody else is, well, that's because I'm talking. Uh, I'm going to be bold here. And I'm going to go for us to win away from home, mental. And I'll tell you my reasoning. It is one fold. And it's Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith has gone, awful game, amazing game, awful game, amazing game, and he wasn't very good today. Kevin Smith's going to be unplayable, and we are going to win by two goals to one.
0: Goxie? I'm going to go 1-1. I think I would go, generally I would go, in team selection, I I would go experience. I, I kind of wavered on Davidson before. Thinking about it as oh, Airdrie are one of these teams that kind of play with like you know three attacking midfielders, just put Davidson in there, you just take care of them, that's it. Um, I think we'll be up for it. I think one all, I think if it gets to about the 80th minute and it's a draw, you might see that kind of Rangers Stormgrats kind of thing where it's like, especially if Montrose are winning or drawing, I think both teams might just think, ah, I'd just rather not lose this. I think Montrose will lose to Cove. I think they they've had um, they've had a lot of games. They played in the cup today. They put out a strong team against Kilmarnock. I think they'll be knackered. And one one thing as well, we are only four points off the top spot. No, I wanted to go the whole show without
1: saying that. oh, oh
0: you, you, know, you can cut out.
1: Too late, <laughs> no,
2: too late. That that that's the team talk. Yeah. The team, talk, um, the team talk should be nothing about fourth or fifth. The team talk should be yeah. boys were four points off the
0: top and we've got to play all these teams. Bring it. Yeah. We um, aye, we win all our games. We could be champions. And your bet could still come off. It really won't.
2: So yeah, right. I mean, I have got I've got some final words. Um if we're on are we on the final words? It seems final wordy time.
1: Yeah, final wordy time. Let's go
2: for it. Um I would say today's game was a great tribute to Philip uh to great prince Philip. Uh, he loved the beautiful game and even though this definitely wasn't uh, I'm sure if he wasn't dead he would be smiling.
0: <laughs> that maybe one that we'll have to cut out for any our royalist fans. <laughs> you think you can top that? I I don't think I can top that. No, no. Um if very, you want to find duck, you can find him on Facebook
1: and berate him for that sort of horrible dig that he's just made at one of our monarchs. Whether it was a dig, I think it was maybe a, a tongue-in-cheek one. Not, uh,
2: not, not a dig, just a light-hearted um, tribute to the man.
1: Although I did like the, the, the thing that Michael had said in the group chat this week about um, one of the reporters asking Phil Neville if there was going to be a tribute to, to Prince Philip in America. And he was like, yeah, we're going to be wearing black armbands in Miami. Okay.
0: Was it, well, the, well, the thing about that was that it seemed to go unnoticed. But Mike was like, oh, I was in a like a, like a conference call with Phil Neville. And I was like, how? I hadn't twigged with me that he was uh, Inter-Miami manager, but he just yeah. dropped that one in. Oh, well, I
1: got a screenshot from him the other day as he interviewed Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> uh, is one of the owners of a Texas-based football team. So Michael can go from dealing with us, really articulate football-intelligent people, to Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, all right, all right. I think that's a good way to end off our show this week. Gordon, where can our listeners find you online, or do you not want them to?
0: Uh, you can find me online, um, Gordon H. Nineteen Thirty Eight on Twitter. Gordon is prolific, and he's tweeting, and you know,
1: he, once he gets started on there, you, you can't stop him. Doug, we all know that your what your answer to that is. Um, you got any words of wisdom that you want to impart on our listeners before Tuesday?
2: No, you can find me on Facebook uh, under my name. Um, feel free to berate me. I generally don't care. And also on my new Twitter handle,
1: threateningman at twitter.com. Okay, I'm not sure if serious, but you can find me on Twitter, lg 1903 And of course, all of our social media channels, Glory Days of Gold on Facebook and at Glory Days of Gold on Twitter. I've enjoyed some of the interactions we've had. I've not enjoyed some of the constant negativity that I seem to see on the on the news feed at the (laughs) on our Twitter at times. But you want to know what? We're gonna wrap up today. A two-one win, a a victory from behind. Top five almost almost secured. We'll know by this time on Tuesday. I'm looking forward to a live watch along. But until then, go and enjoy a beer, stay safe, and more importantly, one the five.